May I speak to you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. Good morning. Well, since I last preached to you, a lot has happened in my life. For starters, I welcomed my very first house guest since moving to Cleveland, my mother. Now, this may not seem like a very big deal, but having lived in tiny New York City apartments for most of my adult life, I never had an actual guest room until I moved to Cleveland. So this opportunity to host one of my favorite people in the entire world in my own home in my new city was a milestone for me. And then, as you may have also heard, I got married a few weeks ago, which is very exciting. Uh, and Bob and I just returned from the most wonderful vacation earlier this week. It would seem that I have found the perfect traveling companion for me, and I could not be more excited that I can now call him my husband. Simply put, these last few weeks, I have been steeped in the joy and blessing of family. So you can imagine how I bristled when I opened the gospel passage for today and was greeted with these words from Jesus. Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, cannot be my disciples. Well, Jesus puts quite the spin on Christian family values, doesn't he? And by the end of our passage, we learned that to follow Jesus, not only do we have to renounce our family, we also have to carry a cross and give away all of our possessions. How's that for an easy breezy message on the last Sunday of summer? Now, I could make Jesus' harsh words a little easier for us to swallow. I could remind us that hyperbole is one of Jesus' go-to rhetorical strategies, that he often speaks to us in shocking language to get our attention and shake us out of complacency. I could also remind us that Jesus was a rabbi, deeply steeped in the Hebrew tradition, which used the words hate and love to suggest degrees of preference, not absolutes. And that elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus affirms the commandment to honor our father and our mother. I could even get us off the hook for that whole give away all your possessions thing by citing interpreters who say, oh, Jesus is just speaking metaphorically there, warning us not to get too attached to things that might distract us from him. I could do all of that, and we would probably all breathe a lot easier. But I'm just not convinced that that's the most honest way to grapple with this sacred text. Something just does not feel right to me about softening Jesus' words. Because no matter how you contextualize them or interpret them, Jesus is clearly asking something substantial of us here. No matter how you slice his message, his words to us are challenging. His message is challenging. And his message is this. Christian discipleship is costly. Indeed, this is the only place in the entire New Testament where the word cost ever appears. 
using a construction project as an analogy for discipleship, specifically the building of a tower, Jesus says, who does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he can complete it? As if to say to his crowd of followers, before you walk this path with me, you should consider what it will cost you. And as the modern-day crowd, we should hear Jesus speaking to us, and we should ask ourselves these questions. What does it cost us to follow Jesus? What must we sacrifice to live according to his teachings? When we review our priorities, do we find Jesus at the top of that list? Because that's what Jesus is asking of us. He may not be asking us to literally turn our back on our families, thank God, but he is asking us to put him first in the hierarchy of what we love. This Jesus of Luke's gospel is simply uninterested in half-hearted discipleship. It would seem that the only way in with this Jesus is to go all in. A gifted writer and teacher in the Episcopal Church named Debbie Thomas describes it this way. She writes, When it comes to the life of faith, we want to have our cake and eat it too. But we can't. We want to experience Jesus the healer, Jesus the savior, Jesus the friend. Not so much Jesus the radical countercultural prophet. If I'm honest, the cost of following this radical countercultural prophet can be a bit overwhelming when I contemplate them deeply. It is a tall order to live a life of daily self-denial. So I find tremendous comfort in being reminded of how imperfectly people have followed Jesus from the very beginning. Take this crowd from today's gospel. This crowd of eager followers who are following Jesus on this road to Jerusalem. They have no idea where this road will end. They do not know it ends with the cross and that it will cost Jesus everything. In the end, in fact, the cost is too great for them because they desert Jesus and leave him to die on the cross. And yet, from that very cross, Jesus speaks words of forgiveness to these imperfect followers. He promises them, in fact, nothing less than paradise. And after he breaks the bonds of death, Jesus will return to these very same disciples to break bread with them, to open up the scriptures to them, to breathe peace onto them, to promise to be with them always. There is no denying it. The path of discipleship is demanding. Jesus asks a lot of us, but he promises to give us so much more. If we heed his call to love him above all else, we will discover that we love others best when we love him most. If we dare to carry our cross, we will discover that when it becomes too heavy to bear, 
Jesus will carry it for us. And if we are courageous enough to part with our possessions, we may just discover they were possessing us and find a new freedom. On this eve of a new formation year in the life of this community, on the cusp of this new beginning, let us renew our commitment to a life of costly discipleship. If we are willing to bear the cost, we might just gain the kingdom. Amen.